Who knows what Christmas is all about? Sure, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Lights, please. And there were in the same country shepherds, abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them. And the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not. For behold, I bring you tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God, and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. years old, his great uncle was killed in a 
said about him as he was growing up, that these would be the words that would characterize his life. Well, it sounds like it's written about somebody else, but these were written about 40 years before Jesus was born. That Caesar Augustus, previously known as Octavius, would be the divine savior who would brought peace to the world. When Luke writes his story in chapter 2 of his gospel, he has all of this in mind. There's, of course, no mistake that he uses some of the very same phrases. And it's no mistake that the prophet spoke of this, and that this was spoken about a ruler that was risen up during the time before Jesus. And so in Rome, you see the statue today of Caesar Augustus. Caesar Augustus thought he was really all of that. He was taught that when he was young. He was expected high hopes that he would be the ruler that would, in fact, save the world. In fact, the Roman Empire was unlike anything the world had ever seen, and people believed that he was the hope of restoring peace and tranquility and prosperity for everyone. But this wasn't the case. Prosperity did not come to everyone. And he did not come to the throne of peace. He came only to the throne as a result of a murderous tirade who left no one else standing. Was Caesar Augustus? Now, as I said, when he was 18, his great uncle was killed. And about two years later, the Roman Senate declared that Julius Caesar was, in fact, posthumously a god, which meant that his nephew, great nephew, who had been adopted as his son, was often referred to among the Romans as the son of God. In fact, when he began to make coinage as the emperor of Rome, these were the coins that he first made. And it says a phrase there, and translated, it means this, that he is the son of the divine. Now, when he was about 60 years old, there was another young couple, but they were not of names. They were not wealthy. They had no power. They had no influence. And she was with child too. And they would leave their home and make their way to a different city for their child to be born. The parallels between Jesus and Caesar Augustus are uncanny. And the differences couldn't be more stark. In fact, the only role that Caesar Augustus would play in this new kingdom that Jesus proclaims is he would make a small decision that would mean that prophecies that were spoken 400 years before Jesus was born would in fact come true. And that's why Luke records his name in the gospel. In those days, Caesar Augustus, the ancient world would have also known him as Octavius, issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. When Luke begins to tell the story of Jesus' birth, it begins here because he wants to draw a contrast between two rulers and where they come from and who they are and what their families mean. Two rulers, two kings. And because of that decree, Mary and Joseph make their way from Nazareth about a three-day journey all the way to the little town of David. Because the prophet had foretold that the true Son of God would be born 
to tell the story. So they traveled to Bethlehem. They were having that. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn son. No major birth announcements, no, no party. Royalty has been born hardly. This was in a quiet place. She wrapped him in cloths and she placed him in a manger, a feeding trough for animals. Because there was no guest room available for them. No fuss, no invitations, no coronation, no gold, yet no pomp, no circumstance. Joseph and Mary found in a barn, and a king, and a more. Look, there was more celebration, right? Linus already told us about it. Here's what Luke records. And there were shepherds. Where were they? Where were they living? Now, don't miss the important details. Luke is a historian, and he lives for the details. They were hanging out in the fields. They were just staying out in the fields. No, no, what were they doing in the fields? They were live. This is their home. This is where they are living. They're not just working in the fields. You went to work and then you came home. These shepherds, they live in the fields. It's their job. It's 24-7. Sheep don't cease being sheep when they end their shift. They just keep working and living in the fields. Keeping watch over their flocks. Day and night. Shepherds. Not very important people. They aren't royalty. Nobody knows their names. Nobody's inviting them over for Christmas dinner. Nobody wants to hang out with them. They smell like sheep. You don't want them in your house. And you don't know them. And they won't benefit you if they show up at your house. Nobody cares about shepherds. And so the angels are getting ready to leave heaven to give this birth announcement. And they know they're going to go announce it to somebody. They're waiting for their assignment. And they say, where are we going? Who are we going to go tell? And God tells them. You're going to tell the shepherds. The shepherds. Of course, the angels know how the kingdom of God is structured. And that they would come to lowly shepherds, nobody shepherds, no name shepherds. We still don't even know their names. The angels excitedly leave the heavenlies to make the announcement. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were, in fact, terrified, of course. And the angels say, Do not be afraid. I bring food. I bring you. Shepherds, nobody comes to tell them anything. No even kids are there. And yet these angels from the heavens come to tell them the news. About two weeks before Christmas every year when I was growing up, gifts would start to appear under our tree. I don't know how you do it in your house. Maybe you don't bring them out on Christmas morning, but my parents were, you know, adept at the art of torture and tantalizing, and so they would put them under our tree. Even before school got out, they would, you know, before we were out for Christmas vacation, we'd just put them under the tree. And I would come home from school every day, and then, of course, during Christmas break, if I was out playing, I would come in and check under the tree and just kind of give a gander over there and look. And I would be looking for, well, you know, I'd be looking for a name tag that looks something like this. And I knew kind of how things were laid out, and I knew when this something new was over there, and if something was new, I would go over and look, because I want to know, is there something, come on, is there something for me? Is it for me? It's got my name on it. Maybe it came from the list that I had. Somebody went to the store and got something for me. 
bigger than mine, and then I might open it. But that was only if nobody was home, and then I'd rewrap it. And then I'd kind of hint that he probably got that at dinner and ruined his Christmas, right? And so, but mostly I wanted to see this. I just wanted to see these. That's all I wanted. I was selfish, and Christmas was about me. And, of course, you know, Jesus had been fully born in me yet. That's still happening, right? This is who the shepherds were. They didn't get anything. Nobody brought anything to the shepherds. But the angel showed up, and they told them, and they said this, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for me. Residences, not just those who can afford to come in. I will bring great joy, good news for all of the people. Not just the popular kids in school that find it easy to have conversations during lunch. Not just the ones at work that have made their way up the ladder with promotion after promotion. Not just the people who live in your neighborhood that have a bigger house than you. And all of the things that you wish you had. That's not who Jesus came for. That's not why he was born. He came for all people. Jesus was born in a stable. And he was laid in a manger to remind us that God knows your name, that he sees you, that he is with you, and that he will never leave you. No matter who you are, where you come from, what you have, or what you've done, that's who Jesus is. And so today,